but it's just about breaking outside your norm and reconnecting with each other. And hopefully you're living. So it's not reconnecting. It's just building upon that connection with each other. Um, I think that my favorite way to describe intentional marriage is um, you didn't accidentally get married. So <laughs> yeah. Accidentally live through marriage. Yeah. Um, so that's the intentional. Do it on purpose. Hi, and welcome to Helping People Perform, the podcast that gives you fascinating insights into those people whose chosen vocation is to help others perform at their best. From consultants to teachers, sports coaches to financial advisors, all of my guests share a passion for getting the most out of individuals, teams, and organizations. Enjoy the episode. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Helping People Perform podcast. Delighted to be joined today all the way from Casper, Wyoming. We have life and marriage coaches uh, at, at Deviation by Design. These are the people who are going to help you find your happily ever after. Welcome to the show, Justin and Cresta Burt. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having us. Hi. Yeah, fantastic to have you and, uh, and I know we've had a conversation and things before this uh, but I can't wait to get into what it is you do who you help and how you help them uh, but before we do that um, could you just give us a little bit of background about your story so far you know what got you to where you are today because I, I know from previous chats this isn't what you've always done right right yeah absolutely <laughs> um, so my my experience with life coaching and coaching in general uh, really started back when I was a teenager um, I always had mentors. I was always mentoring people and it was just kind of the way I was brought up. I got my first life coach when I was uh, actually going through my divorce. And what I noticed with the life coach is it really, it really changed my perspective on life. It really helped me get through things. It really just challenged my way of thinking. And very quickly, um, once Cress and I started dating, I'd, I'd let her know. I was like, this is something I want to do. This is something I want to pursue. Right. Um, I've had a background. Uh, I was a missionary for a while in Indonesia. I have a background in law enforcement. That's actually how we, we met. She was a dispatcher and I was out, out on the street. And <laughs> um, But I let her know early in our relationship that this is something I wanted to do. And she, uh, to, to my surprise, was very quickly on board and excited about it. <laughs> And uh, we we eventually got started with it. Yeah. So I, I did not grow up with a lot of mentorship, um, coaching, anything. Um, I kind of got into the field of helping people when I started 911 dispatching in uh, in here in Casper. Uh, that's, again, where Justin and I met. He was an officer. I was in a little locked up dark room right. <laughs> telling him where to go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't start dating until after both of us were out of law enforcement. Right. Um, but yeah, he he had told me about his coaching experience and uh, it, it was uh, inspirational. Right. Um, so I would say he's probably been my my life coach <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, and inspired me uh, with some of the stuff that he's learned. Um, I've seen how it's helped uh, our relationship. And I, I just feel like I want to share that yeah. with people. Ah, oh, wonderful. Um, there's a couple of notes I've, I've put down here, you know, um, just to follow up in a bit more detail, really. First one is uh, maybe to, uh, to yourself, Justin, which is you went in, you mentioned life coaching in that divorce period. Um, yes. A lot of people go through divorces, obviously. Not everyone seeks out a life coach. 
what was it that drove you to um, actually speak to a life coach in that first place? So when I was going through the rough patch of my marriage, I, I actually got the life coach to help me, for lack of a better word, save, save the marriage um, by the time. So I, I actually got in contact with a lot of different life coaches and nobody seemed to fit. By the time I found someone that actually fit exactly what I was looking for, um, I, we were already going through through the divorce or right at the cusp of it. I don't exactly remember when I started, but anyway, so basically the way I found it was I had that background of mentorship of, of mentoring people. And that's, I knew I needed that. Right. And so I wanted somebody that specialized in what I was going through. And of course the best way to the, the only way I knew at the time to find that was Facebook. And so you just start searching and, of course, with Facebook, a ton of stuff comes up and you got to kind of filter through and, and figure out what really works for you. Mm. And so after talking with probably five or six different life coaches, I found one that that really suited where I was at, where I was going and what I wanted to accomplish. Right. I, I've talked to other men that have gone through divorces who have not had life coaches. And I can tell you the difference in um, not only their perspective on life, but also the healing process. Um, everything that you go through in a divorce, it's it's tough. It affects you. It affects the kids. It affects your family, extended family. And just the way I was able to process and deal with that, not that it was easier, but I had the tools at my disposal to deal with it effectively instead of kind of bumping my head against the wall until something else didn't work. I was able to set out a clear path for myself and actually accomplish it. And that's one thing we noticed right away was not only did it help me get through that divorce, it set me up for success in my next relationship with Cresta. Right. Oh, wonderful. And uh, and Cresta, I, I wanted to follow up on this uh, 911 dispatcher piece because, you know, um, I, I liken it a little bit. I, I know I've, I haven't worked directly with dispatchers in the past, but I know people who have. Um, I liken it a little bit to, I, I worked in Formula One for a while and we, we have what we call mission control, where we've got people who are making the decisions, calling the shots, taking in information and communicating out to others. Um, right. But whilst uh, you know the drivers and the teams are going out to Australia and Malaysia and all these uh, wonderful places, that mission control is just down the road from me here in Woking in the UK in a windowless oh, wow. office. Uh, you know, which is often, and with the races being around the world, it's often in the middle of the night, you know, so it's the it's the less glamorous aspect, but still, still really important. Um, yes. What was that experience like for you as a 911 dispatcher? And what have you taken from that world into what you what you do now? Wow. Um, so I was I, I did it for about nine years. Um, it's a lot. Mm. It, it's everything from perfectly fine one instant to i mean i mean houses blowing up the next instant and 150 phone calls in the next 15 20 minutes where you're trying to deal with sending people here sending people there um we didn't just dispatch police we dispatched fire and medical as well wow. um, so in a community of about 80,000 people we would have three dispatchers on duty at a time mm. for those big events. Right. Um, I was on duty for everything from, um, you know, my my kid isn't breathing to, um, I think probably the, the biggest one was I had an, one of my officers uh, was shot on right. duty. Um, it, it's, it's a lot. Mm. Um, I did it, I was single. I, I came home to my dogs every day. 
Um, luckily I had like my parents, my mom was my best friend. Um, but, but you sign pieces of paper that say, I can't, I can't talk about this stuff the way that I would like to talk about this stuff, unless it's with my spouse. Right. I didn't have one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you, I, I've taken a lot from it. Um, I plan to, uh, you know, at some point create a program specifically for uh, coaching dispatchers right. who have been through some of that um, dispatchers and possibly, you know, their family members and that, and how to uh, get through some of it in the most positive way possible. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I've, I've taken a lot from it. Right. And I took him from it too. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <stuff. laughs> yeah, um, my sister is actually a, a police officer over in New Zealand. Um, and wow. I, I know from talking to her about the things she can talk about. Um, it, it's, it's a, a job where you have to deal with the stress in the moment and stay professional and keep mm -hmm. calm and do the right things. But then it does eat away at you, you know, later on, you know, and builds up over time and all this sort of stuff. So it is, I, I recognize it is a, a real, you know, stressful um, situation. And I think that's yeah. probably, a, you know, see some real parallels with marriage as well. You know, you've, you've got big, <laughs> right. big hot. Right. <laughs> yeah, go on, the difference between uh, 911 dispatching and marriage, I think is uh, 911 dispatching, you leave at work, you right. don't bring it. And then you talked about, you know, you, you guys met. I know from our previous uh, chats, there's a bit of an interesting story there as well, isn't there? A bit of serendipity to how you guys actually got together. Can yes. you tell us that? So we both started about the same time. I think Cresta started in dispatch probably six months to maybe a year before I did. Um, and when I was doing my training, what they call the, the field tra training officer section after you finish the academy, she was the first dispatcher I met. And so her, her and I real quickly, because we were both new, we, we kind of formed a, a little bit of a friendship. We, we were acquaintances. So we would talk a lot via like in, instant me messenger, um, <clears throat> but we rarely saw each other. Um, so we were acquaintances. And then uh, I was out of law enforcement for a while after the divorce. And then she got out and then we just ended up running into each other one night. Neither one of us wanted to go to go do anything. Um, it, you know, I, I think that the the way that the world and the universe work uh it's crazy hmm. i uh it was a friday and my mom was she just decided she was retiring and she turned in her letter um and she said hey let's go to dinner and i was like well go to dinner but i i want to go home after that she's like yeah no problem we ran into my brother and his wife we have dinner we have a drink my my mom is like okay well i guess it's time to leave and uh, my sister-in-law says let's go to the bar <laughs> my mom says okay let's go to the bar i said i don't want to go to the bar and my mom said i'll see you there <laughs> <laughs> so i ended up there uh he i wanted to go home for the night my brother-in-law wanted to go out right. he's got four kids um and i kind of felt a little sorry for him so i was like all right i'll go out with you i'll give you a break i, I know what it's like having kids yeah and I was just shooting pool and we just ran, ran into each other and we hadn't seen each other in about a year, year and a half, year, year, year and a half. So it was a, a there were a lot of moving parts to uh, the universe's plans for us, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, wonderful stuff. Lovely story. Um, and 
bringing on to what you do now, you know, in t with the uh, deviation by design and the intentional marriage course, you know, what is it? Who do you help and how do you help them? Yeah, so deviation by design, we kind of came up with that from a song by uh, Stone Sour, song number three. They talk about in there, you know, our our lives are not how we would have planned them 20 years ago. You know, our lives, lives have taken a different turn. But what we've come to realize and what we've come, come to understand and love about our lives is is there there is some design in it. Um, it it's, it's deviation from what we had initially intended, but there is some design in there. And then the intentional marriage program um, is really about taking your marriage and doing things intentional. That's one thing I learned from, from my coaching is mm -hmm. so often too many people just let life take them by surprise, I guess, for lack of a better word, let life dictate their circumstances. And one thing we established early on is we're not going to do that. We're going to be intentional with everything we do. Um, we came up with that later as we we're coming up with our, our, our co coaching program, but we, we intentionally did everything in our relationship on purpose. We didn't let circumstances or, or anything grab us and take us away. And it, it, it really starts, it started out for us is fr Friday night, date night. So every Friday night, come hell or high water, we're, we're going out on a date. Right. Um, just to spend that time together to kind of unwind from, from the weekend, uh, week and get read, ready for the weekend. And Sometimes we have to include kids. Yes. Uh, a couple times we've had to include parents. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it's just about getting out and, and, and breaking outside what we do day in and day out. Yeah. Um, so we have what we call like the one, one, one principle four ones. So er every week we go out on a date once a month, we go out on a day trip. Doesn't have to be anything extravagant. It can be driving up to the mountain, just getting away. Right. Um, once a quarter, get away for a weekend. And then once a year, take a vacation somewhere together. Again, you know, everybody has different budgets on what they can afford. So it doesn't have to be extravagant, but it's just about breaking outside your norm and reconnecting with each other and, Hopefully you're living so it's not reconnecting. It's just building upon that connection with each other. Um, I think that my favorite way to describe intentional marriage is um, you didn't accidentally get married. So <laughs> yeah. I accidentally live through marriage. Yeah. Um, so that's the intentional. Do it on purpose. Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, when we're looking at, at what kind of couples we, we want to work with is we want couples who who maybe are are struggling to find that connection, but who do have a desire to be together. They're just they're they're just missing each other. And and it's not out of anything other than life is just taking them away and they just need to to reset. And we're really here to provide the tools for them to work through their situations together because all of our courses are specific to the couple. There there's not a cookie cutter formula because everybody's in different such situations. Yeah. Um, you know, me personally, I travel all the time because I'm a traveling salesman. So, you know, there's going to be couples that that have got to deal with the husband or the wife is traveling, you know, Monday through Friday and they're only home on the weekend. So how are we going to deal with that? There's other couples that, you know, maybe the wife's a stay stay at home mom and the husband's coming home every night, you know, what we would consider, consider more traditional. Uh, and so every couple is going to be a little bit different, but what we're looking for are couples who are wanting to improve their marriage. Right. Yeah. Not, not necessarily save it from um, a point of almost beyond saving, but, but definitely improve it. And um, possibly, you know, our, the goal always is to make it exceptional. Right. Yes. Yeah. 
And that word, there's a couple of words that come up in our conversations. You know, intentional is definitely one of them, and sort of on purpose. <laughs> but yes. as, yes. uh, uh, you know, it's doing everything on purpose. Now, the other word I've just written down here is about consistency. You know, that that yes. is something that you know we talk about in all sorts of worlds of helping people perform, coaches, facilitators, um, speakers, whatever that might be. Uh, that consistent messaging, that consistent approach to to your practice. Um, it is it is really key in terms of making sure that one you've got some stability, but two you you've got something to build upon as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes, oh, wonderful. And so, what do people? What should people expect? Uh, I know you say there's no cookie cutter, but is there a a format to intentional desire, uh, intentional marriage? Sorry, and uh, does it follow any or have any particular modules that you talk about? Yeah, absolutely. So we start off everything with understanding where your spouse comes from, because we all grew up in different households. We all grew up with different standards, different beliefs. And so we're attacking life from from different perspectives. And one, one of the first things we like to do is make sure that the couples understand where the where your spouse is com coming from and how that can play on your marriage. Yeah. Right. You know, because Cresta comes from a different background than I do. And so there are times where I'm asking her questions, not out of not out of like she's doing something wrong, but hey, I'm not understanding why you're doing this. Can you explain it to me? Because that's not the way I grew up. That's not the way I I, I have dealt with things in the past. And especially with us being a little bit older when we got married, not only did we have our families that we grew up in, we also had some baggage that we created ourselves as adults mm. that we had to bring in. And so we've had to mesh those together and really learned where the other person is coming from. Because one thing I've learned is we like to judge ourselves by our intentions, but we like to judge everybody else by their actions. Exactly. Yeah. So it's really getting back to, okay, if I'm going to judge myself by my intentions, I really need to, to do that to everybody else because I don't think people in general have uh, bad intentions. Sometimes their actions don't really show their true intentions. And so really taking that to, to your spouse and allowing them to explain their intention because I know I've done some things where it was well-meaning to Preston. She's like, "What? why are you doing that? Mm -hmm. And so once we, you know, peeled back the layers and understood what the intention was, it was like, okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah. I think there was one situation where he said something and I just stopped and I looked at him and he's like, what? I'm like, did you just say that to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, that's not what I meant. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know. I've got an example of that where um, there's been times when the weather, you know, it's pretty cold outside, or, or, and getting ready to take the kids to school in the morning, and I've gone outside and I've turned the car on, and uh, not communicated that I've turned the car on in order to warm it up and to make you know make sure that my wife can go to work comfortably, and yes. it can be taken as you're hurrying me out the door, you're rushing me. Right. <laughs> so, so just yes. that that simple thing, trying to do something nice, but not having that communication as to why you're doing it um, can really have that you know, a, a real clash of heads at times, can't it? Yes, and absolutely. Since you mentioned communication, that is another one of our yeah. modules. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and one thing we talk about, a lot about in our modules is we all have communication. We all communicate whether we want to admit it or not. We all communicate. Yep. And so it, it's just changing the, the tone of our communication uh, and, and the, the output of our communication because we do communicate a lot. And so we just need to, one thing we have found is the more we communicate positivity in our relationship, uh, the better our relationship is. And it's not that there's not going to be hard conversations to have in marriage because there are, yep. but how do you communicate those in, in a positive way, in, in a way that that breeds uh, constructive uh, uh 
criticism, if if, if you will, when, when you need it. Yeah. Um, again, we have modules on, you know, obviously sex. Um, we have modules on parenting, on being a good partner. So one thing Preston and I do is there are certain topics, probably more so me than her, there are certain topics I struggle talking about. And there are a few topics she struggles with that we need to talk about on a regular basis. So one thing we do is, okay, we need to talk about, let's say finances today. Mm. So the person who struggles with that, we allow them to pick the time and the location that they talk about it. What that does is it gives them a sense, a little bit of sense of power in that conversation. Right. So, you know, like just this last week, she's like, hey, we need to talk about this. Where do you want to talk about it? And I was like, we're going out to dinner to Chili's and we'll talk about it there, <laughs> you know, and yeah. and so just a lot allowing them that just allowing them to have a little bit of power because, you know, they're already going to struggle with it. And so put them in a place where they they can talk about it, where they're comfortable talking about it, because there are those subjects that you just you just need to talk about. Hmm. Uh, we also talk about spirituality, you know, whether you're you're coming from two different religions, if you're, you know, with the same, just having that spirituality in your relationship, whatever that looks like. Hmm. Uh, and then we also talk about grow, growing together. Um, one thing I, I do for myself, for my personal growth, is I read three, three to four books a week. Right. Um, I travel a lot, so I have the, the benefit of sitting in my car listening to a lot of audio books. Right. But one thing we we found is if if you're not growing, you're dying. And so we always want to be growing. We always want to be learning because there's so much information out there uh, to be had that that we want to take in as much as we can. And some of that comes back to, you know, we need to be growing together. So if I read something that's interesting or she reads something that's interesting, we always come back and we share it and we learn and we grow, grow together. Hmm. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic, and, and maybe that sort of segues nicely into the the next part of the uh, the the questioning. Really, you've mentioned about um, how you help your own performance uh, in in one way, and maybe we can elaborate on that a little bit. But, but maybe Cresta, what do you do to help up your own game? You know, are you into audio books? Do you have a coach? Um, so what, what, what do you do? I I don't get uh, the luxury I, the luxury yes. of, of having that kind of time. Uh, where I'm, I'm working in a yeah. car where I can listen to audiobooks. Um, I am, I work full time, um, and I'm also a college student. So, um, you know, I take college classes that I know are going to benefit um, the people that we're trying to help, that are going to benefit us in some way, shape, or form. Um, I, I keep busy. I he's gone during the week, so I, I do stuff around the house. Um, so I have a little bit less of a free, freer time <laughs> than he does, but I, I still go out of my way to make sure that, that the courses that I'm taking or, you know, when I am uh, fooling around the house, we don't, we don't turn the TV on in this house. Uh, we have four of them. Yeah. I, I think they, <laughs> between all four of them, they get used maybe two hours a month. Wow. So. <laughs> and those are usually date nights where it's like, what do what do you want to do? Oh, let's watch an episode of whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, when I'm tooling around the house, I've I've got some kind of something going on, whether it's an audiobook, a podcast, um, a Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some some kind of educational, um, also my college classes going. Right. So uh it's the constant bettering, um, learning, mm. uh so that we can pass it forward. Yeah. And I also think she's she's missing something huge that that she does. Um 
you know, we started the 75 hard chat challenge. And so, you know, she's working out twice a day where right. we both are, um, you know, so we wake up early in the morning. Um, sometimes it's snowing, sometimes it's 20 below and we get outside and we do our workout in the morning and then we do our workout mm -hmm. in the evening. Um, you know, and what we have found is, is that helps you grow as well. Um, it, it gets your mind in a good place. It, it gets you thinking clearly. It gets the day off to a right start. It gets that blood pumping. Yeah. Um, and that's been huge for us. What we have noticed since we've started doing that is it actually allows us to be more productive during the day. Like we're exerting more energy, but we're also accomplishing more. Hmm. And so that's something that, that we really enjoyed. Obviously, right now I'm hurt, so we're not doing that. But when we were doing that, it was really um, it was really beneficial to us. And yeah. as soon as we can, we're going to get back to it. Yeah. It's yeah. it's weird because when he first proposed that idea, we live in Casper, Wyoming. Yeah. It was negative 25 degrees earlier this week or last week. Right. Uh, <laughs> he says, let's do this program. Part of the program is you have to work out twice a day for 45 minutes. Yeah. You can't do it at the same time. And one of those workouts has to be outside. I said, and you want to start this win? <laughs> and uh, I was just looking looking this up as well, because I remember having this conversation with you previously. And uh, yeah, just realized that minus 25, you're talking Fahrenheit, aren't you? Yeah, so, it's Fahrenheit. Uh, yeah, that's minus 32 degrees Celsius. So uh, yeah. that's, uh, that's, that's beyond cold in my mind. That's... Uh... <laughs> And he wants to start working out outside for 45 minutes every day wow. in, in that temperature. I said, you're crazy. Hmm. Uh, but one of the things that we do in our relationship is, is we try to remain open with right. each other. Yeah. I said, I, and I think I told him he was crazy yeah. like four or five times. I said, well, I'll, I'll try it. I'll try it. <laughs> and then we've come to find that I like, I'm more motivated. I might be more motivated than he is yes. to get up early in the morning and go, for that 45 minute walk or yeah. shovel the driveway or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And th that's the bit I, you know, I always remind myself, I do fall back occasionally, but, uh, um, any exercise is good exercise and it? it might be that walk to the, uh, to the shops. It might just be, um, it's, I was washing the car yesterday. I was like, right, I'm going to use this as a chance to, uh, uh, to get a bit more exercise, a bit more activity going on, you know, it, and being outside does make a difference. Maybe minus 20 Fahrenheit is a, is a whole different ball game. I don't think I'd wash my car <laughs> in that to be honest, but there you go. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, okay. So slightly different question then, if you could help anyone, any individual or even team or organization with the skill set that you've got, who would you want that to be and why? Ooh, go for it. Um, you're talking a specific individual, right? It doesn't have to be, but if you've got someone in mind, go for it. Uh, I, I think for, uh, for me specifically, I, I really want to help, um, I enjoy helping men who are just struggling, who, who don't know which way to go. Um, because I, I have found so often with the men I talk to, these are good guys that, that just have never been taught, have never been shown. And I was in the same boat. Like, mm. don't get me wrong. I was in the exact same boat, but who have never been taught how to make their marriage better. Mm. One thing I always preach to Cre uh, Cresta, and she always corrects me, but I'm like, everything is the the tone in our marriage is set by the things I do. And she's like, no, it's a two way street. Right. But what I have really found is that it, if the men can get right and, and do the things and show up in their marriage, things just go so much better. Mm -hmm. um, because 
women want their prince charming they want their their man to show up in the marriage and so often what i have seen is not that these men don't want to it's that they don't know how to so just that type of man is really because i was there Mm. um, and because i really have a deep understanding of what they're struggling with and not only that but how to get them to the place i am today that's who i really want to help I, I've got a couple of different answers for that. Um, I, I really, you know, I have a couple of friends who are in very uh, negative marriages. Uh, I, I believe every marriage is savable mm. as long as both parties want to save the marriage yes. and want to work for it. But I have friends that are in marriages that are not in that boat right. where they would like to save it, but he doesn't mm. or... Or he wants to save it and she doesn't. So yeah. I, I would love to be able to help women. Uh, and, it, and it ties in with the the other part of who I would like to help is the single ladies right. that are scared to be single. Right. Uh, I was single until I was 43 years old. Um, it, it, it's scary. Mm. How am I going to pay the bills? What is going to happen if this happens? It's, it's all the what ifs. Mm. I mean, I, I can... I feel like I can help them. I know I can help them. <laughs> We've been on this think and feel thing. Right. <laughs> um, I, I, I can help females know that they are enough on their own, hmm. that they don't need a man. Hmm. Um, I love mine. <laughs> I also know that I don't have to have him to survive. Right. Um, I, I got that far on my own and every woman can get that far on their own right oh. those those are the kind of people i would really like to help oh fantastic and if you were able to sit down and uh have a drink have a meal have a coffee with anyone i mean it, it doesn't it, it could be anybody um that you know or anyone famous or anything like that that you believe you could learn from um either for your own marriage or to help others in, in your endeavors who would you want that to be Ooh. I'll let you go first this time. I, I, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. I, I, I'm lucky in that we both have amazing parents. Right. So, so our parents, mm. and we get to do that. Mm. Um, we have a very diverse group of parents. My parents have been married for 48 years. Right. Um, his parents were not married for that long he mm. was young when his parents got divorced mm -hmm. so he's got two mm. sets of parents um both sets of parents are are unique and mm. absolutely amazing and so i like i said i think we're lucky in that i can learn from and and take what we learn from our parents and share that with the people that we are going to be helping wonderful justin uh i would say warren buffett i think okay. his uh I, th I think his perspective, not necessarily to gain the wealth he has, um, because he's just phenomenal in that, but just his approach to entrepreneurship and acquiring businesses, um, some of the things that he says, I would really like to dig more into. One of the things he says is, is he never bites off more than he can chew. And obviously he can bite off a lot more than I can. <laughs> <laughs> but at some point in his life, 
he only could bite off a certain amount before he was able to to take it and just really to get into that mindset mm. um, i think would be extremely beneficial for somebody like me who who dreams big and, and wants really big things to slow myself down what can i handle today mm. what can i accomplish today that's going to move me forward to that so i think just that kind of mindset and just really digging into that with him would would be would be phenomenal brilliant um, and finally, then, how do people find out more? How do they get in touch and, uh, and where can we find you? Uh, the best way to find out about us is our website. It's at deviationbydesign.com. Right. Uh, from there, they can learn more about our intentional mar marriage program. And if they want to find out more, they're able to book a call with us. And in that call, we do offer a free 30-minute session yeah. uh, of coaching just to find out where, where they are. But that's the best place. Uh, we also do have a website, uh, sorry, a Facebook page, right. and that's facebook.com slash intentional marriage coaching. Right. So if they go there, they'll be able to pull, pull up our page right right away. And that that also has our information where you're able to contact us as well. Right. Oh, wonderful. Well, uh, you know, I would actively encourage people reach out, you know, seek out those those guidances. And I think this is, you know, much like any other endeavor. It's not about waiting until something's broken to try and fix it. It's about recognizing when something is even working quite well and or really well at the moment. How do you make it even better going forward? Yes, and, uh, exactly. Fantastic. Well, uh, enjoy your happily ever after. And thanks so much for being on uh, on today's show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Paul. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, then please give the podcast a rate, review and share. I'm Paul Teasdale, and from sausage making to banking, oil and gas to Formula One, I help people perform. If you'd like to find out more and have a conversation, contact me via helpingpeopleperform.com.